on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guest is award-winning director Giro Van Boom, and we are talking about his brand-new documentary, Helmut Newton, The Bad and the Beautiful. Welcome to the show, Giro. Oh, thank you. I'm very happy to be with you. <laughs> well, I'm very happy that you're here and on the show, and as we talked about, you're calling from the south of France, so it's lovely to have you on the show from such a long distance. <laughs> That's right. Where are you, by the way? Carmel, California. Oh, I see. So I don't need to send you sunshine. (laughs) Uh, Well, right now we have a lot of fog. (laughs) (laughs) We're having our foggy summer. (laughs) The sun will come for sure. So this this is a fascinating documentary. And for people who don't know who Helmut Newton is, can you just give a little background about who he is and uh, why he's significant and why we should care about this wonderful documentary and his work? I think his work is important, but his life is also very interesting. Um, he grew up in Berlin in the Weimar time, you know, in the 20s and early 30s, and uh, he was Jewish. So he uh, went out of Germany in the last moment in 1938, went to China, uh, went to Singapore, and then to Australia, where he met his wife, uh, June. And he was marked by the Weimar time and by the German expressionism, of course, and then by the Nazi imagery. If you're 13, when Hitler comes to power and you're interested in images as a young boy and you take your first pictures, of course, you're influenced by it. I found that very interesting because up to the last moment in his pictures, you can see that influence and he admitted it. I mean, there's not much to admit, but there's a lot to discuss about that influence. He was accused sometimes um, to have been influenced by Leni Riefenstahl, for instance, Hitler's huge filmmaker. And this contrast um, interested me first of all, and then Helmut Newton revolutionized in the 60s and 70s fashion photography. Everything was beautiful and nice and lovely up to that time. There was Richard Evident and Irving Penn and beautiful images, but um, it was a bit boring. And then came Helmut and all of a sudden... Uh, fashion photography was revolutionized. He um, showed us naked models, uh, sometimes dressed, sometimes half-dressed, sometimes naked. A beautiful, very famous photo of a Yves Saint Laurent a tuxedo for women. Uh, Saint Laurent created um, uh, a tuxedo for women and next to this dressed girl is a naked girl. And this is a beautiful contrast and very controversial from the beginning and all of that uh, is really of interest and nobody else has been more influential I think on fashion photography uh, than Helmut Newton. No question about it. No question about it because he was he was such a, 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 he, he's a, a genius, a controversial genius. And during that time, what he was doing was so avant-garde um, that people were just sort of stunned by um, his photography and what he was doing. But he he attracted some of the most beautiful women of that era, uh, you know, Charlotte Rampling and Isolina, Isabella Rosalini and Grace Jones. 
Anna, even Anna Wintour is in this wonderful documentary. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, there's so many, the list goes on and on. What was it like for, I mean, to attract these women to your documentary about Helmut um, and, and talking about their stories? Was that easy for you to be able to get all of these wonderful, beautiful women together to, uh, for this documentary? First of all, I thought, uh, you know, I, I, I've read a lot about Helmut Newton, who was a close friend actually, but I was always interested in the theory of photography and there are so many essays and statements by gallerists, curators and um, uh, photography experts but mostly men and I was, I, I think it's impossible. So carte blanche aux femmes, as we say in French um, uh, let the women speak finally about him. I didn't know what to expect actually but I selected women who were really, uh, who he photographed quite often and who were close to him. And we have to see, and I mean, it was not very difficult to get them because um, they all love to work with Helmut. We have to consider that they all did it deliberately, or the, also the nude photos, and actually everybody was eager to be photographed by Newton. They had a lot of confidence, they felt safe with this gentleman, we really have to call him a gentleman, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the women felt strong as a result of the pictures. Charlotte Rampling says, Helmut gave me an immense power, an inner power, and if he hadn't done those images of me in that in that uh, halfway rock-down hotel in Arles in the south of France, my career would have been totally different. I was 28 years old at the time. I had done those uh, interesting films like Night Porter, for instance, she says, and here I found my image with those nude photographs in that hotel. By the way, those photos uh, were Charlotte's first nude photos and Helmut's first nude photos. Oh. <laughs> they were both a little embarrassed and said, oh, okay, let's do it quite quickly. And I think it took half an hour and then those iconic photographs were uh, were um, um, in the box. They are iconic of all of these women. And so they obviously had to feel safe with him. Yeah. I mean, because the, I mean, there's, the first of all this documentary is just it's just wonderful and 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 chock full of his incredible photos but he made all of these i mean it was a, during an era when this wasn't something that was done but it gave all these women um much more uh, what they a lot of what they talked about was um feeling empowered Absolutely. By stripping, by stripping everything away, they felt, you know, literally and figuratively, um, <laughs> they oh. became, they felt more empowered um, as a result of having these beautiful photographs taken um, by him. So, what do you do? You know what his secret was to uh, create this safety for these women to to decide to do these beautiful photos. There was a lightness about it, about that work. He was very. Very humorous. Um, everybody laughed all the time on set. I was there many times. I filmed there, and it was always a wonderful, humorous, and nice atmosphere. Uh, that's what they liked. And as you just said, Jan, uh, they felt safe. Um, they felt safe because. Helmut Newton was a gentleman. And also we have to consider that his wonderful wife, June, was yes. almost always present at the set. She organized everything. 
Uh, she was running the set, if you will, and Helmut was the little boy playing with his toys, <laughs> but yes. only playing and not more. Uh, that's why uh, those ladies really felt safe. And and there was, I mean, we have to see um, his upbringing in in the uh, in, in, in the bourgeoisie of Berlin, a wonderful atmosphere, a very cultivated. And um, if you have an upbringing like that, you have a fundament, you have a, a fundamental thing in you. And with this fundamental thing, you can play. You can become a naughty boy, you can become an anarchist, <laughs> but there's always this, this foundation and you, you, you stay a gentleman. And that's why, uh, I mean, there's nothing, there was never anything about me too or something like that. It was out of the question. That's why the, the, the women felt safe. Mm -hmm. Not that he didn't have his little affairs, but never with models. He always said, uh, Dienst is Dienst and Schnaps is Schnaps. Uh, um, a work is work and schnapps is schnapps. Do you know what schnapps is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> whiskey is whiskey, let's say. <laughs> yes, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So how did you meet him? How did you, how was your how did you be, get you know, meet him and, and what was your relationship like with Helmut? A total coincidence. Um, I knew his photographs, of course. I loved many of them. I admired his work. And then all of a sudden, uh, on, a, on an evening in Paris, we were invited by mutual friends that we didn't know of each other, that we were both invited. But um, it was seven people were present. And next to Helmut, uh, a blonde um, uh, lady from the Paris bourgeoisie, uh, Haute Volée, uh, was sitting. And um, we both Helmut and I sent little messages uh, uh, with our eyes over the table because the lady was not very intelligent and she she made silly remarks and um, after that dinner we understood each other immediately I think we had the same sense of humor the same sense of, of funny situations and um, then I visited him in Monte Carlo where he was living at the time and I visited him in LA where he was living four months a year at the Chateau Marmont. I was shooting a film with David Hockney at the time and by coincidence again, I stayed at the same hotel at the Chateau Marmont and uh, we became friends. It didn't mean that the film uh, came naturally uh, because I had to convince June, of course, because she was very protective and Helmut was her Helmut and she filmed with him. <laughs> and, uh, many, uh, Much of that material is in my documentary by the way, because generously she gave it to us um, so I could use it but it took three years to convince them both because even Helmut uh, was hesitating because photographers don't love to be filmed while they work you have mm -hmm. to seduce them and finally I uh, I seduced both of them <laughs> uh, out came a, a first the first uh, documentary for television, but I had a lot of footage left and I always thought I have to use it at some point. And also I thought those images of the strong women, the big nudes, for instance, are iconic in Helmut's work. Mm -hmm. um, a 
they need the big screen. You have to show mm -hmm. those images on the big screen. And I think Helmut would have loved it because he was a film buff. Absolutely. He adored films, old black and white films from Germany, but all the films. He was totally in that film world. And if you look closely at his photographs, um, they are little films, actually. They tell stories or sometimes the beginning of a story or the end of a story. And everything else is up to your fantasy. That's so fantastic about his photographs. It's not just, you know, a, a naked woman or, or a beautiful clothes on a beautiful woman, uh, but it's always a story involved. What was the reaction when these photos first were released out into the public? What what kind of a reaction did he get? Um, it was, of course, for many people, it was a shock. But uh, one has to see, it's a very good question, by the way, uh, one has to see the photographs, especially the nude ones, uh, in the context of the times of the late 60s and early 70s. The sexual revolution had just happened. Um, the naked body was no longer a taboo and also everybody was waiting for a revolution in fashion photography. Um, there were those marvelous pictures, as I said before, by Richard Avedon and Irving Penn, real icons, but they were icons of beauty and loveliness. And what was needed was not only loveliness, but what Anna Wintour calls in, in the film, stoppers in the magazine. Something in reference, uh, let's say, to the world at large, to the culture of something provocative. And here was Helmut, uh, ready to do that and to fulfill the demand. And like two electrical contacts come together and make bzzzt, and here he was and made an incredible career in that time, you know. And for instance, there is this, um, and I included it in the documentary, there is this famous dipped by him. Two separate photographs on the left-hand side. Uh, you see models beautifully dressed in wonderful, expensive haute couture clothes. And on the on the second photo, on the right side, the same girls in the same poses, but totally naked, but in exactly the same pose, as if a magician uh, uh, had uh, taken the clothes away from them. And what does the photo tell us? Strong women are strong even without clothes. That's, mm -hmm. That was his message, you know. Amazing, actually, that the industry at the time accepted him because it, uh, it was new. It was revolutionary, and um, um, but um, it was a great success. It, it, it was. And so today, would do you think um, in today's world that Helmut would be, if he, if he had not done what he had done in the late 60s and 70s and revolutionized, you know, it was a revolutionary and, and the way that he photographed women, let's say this never happened. And now he was coming in, you know, doing this in today's world. How do you think he would be received? and perceived it would he would not be received <laughs> and perceived because it would simply be impossible no magazine would print especially those nude photographs you know i mean um some of his photographs which are not nude ha still have an incredible modernity <clears throat> but the more provocative ones wouldn't be published today it's simply impossible <clears throat> because we are living in in a very politically correct time um this is what counts for 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 society, political correctness. And there's always this discussion, you know about it, uh, to ban uh, nude paintings from museums. 
And uh, interestingly enough, there's no museum who has a permanent Helmut Newton exhibition. Um, there is no gallery representing Helmut Newton in the United States. It's just, I'm talking about the States now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The, the, the atmosphere is especially politically correct. And I think it's dangerous. Uh, everything should be there. Everything should be visible. And um, we shouldn't ban things. I, I'm always afraid of, of uh, you know people dictating me taste or something like that. I think it's important that everything is visible. Nobody is forced to look at pictures, but they should be there. And it's historic. I mean, the Newton pictures are of historical value because they tell us about the 60s and 70s and, and then the early 80s. It's, it's very interesting. But I think it would be impossible today. Um, nobody would print his nude photographs. It's fascinating, is it, how we have become, um, you're right, mm-hmm. politically correct, but not only that, how we've become um, kind of going back to a, a, a different era, but um, more prudish in, in the way we prudish. view yeah. the world. Yes. I mean, when Much you go, d- definitely, when you go back and look at the artwork of, you know, the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, you know, the mm-hmm. female body was revered and beautiful, and now we need to feel like we must be covered up. Again, it's taking away even for women um, some of our liberty, you know, to even to express ourselves. We feel like, oh, we can't do that. And that it's and that's sort wonderful. of a shame. That- it's wonderful that you say that, Jen, because this is absolutely the case. And I think the most photographs, uh, the nude photographs of Helmut Newton, um, show us really strong women. That, what, that was his message, to show us how strong women is are and they tell us okay man you can glare and glaze at us but not me not not us we are strong don't touch us (laughs) (laughs) well i think that's what's the beauty of this because i the 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 his photos are just absolutely stunningly beautiful and interesting and you know really do uh, stretch, you know, uh, the imagination and, and I won't even get into some of the things that he, the way he photographed, but that, um, if they weren't, they didn't come off as erotic. Does, does that make sense? They came across as art. Absolutely. Yes. And not as we're being voyeurs, uh, you know, peeking through the peephole of, of uh, female no, no, no. sexuality. None of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just no. uh, strictly the, the beauty of the female form and, and all of its glory. And even more, more than that, because he wanted to show uh, the society uh, which surrounds women. That was very important to him. So when he shows uh, us Nadja Auermann laying on a hotel bed somewhere in Monte Carlo uh, with her hair undone in, in a very um, how can I say, in a pose where you ask yourself uh, what happened before. Mm-hmm. He wants to tell us, um, she looks like a Barbie doll which has been right. left there in, in that hotel room uh, like, you know, children leave their dolls somewhere and um, he wanted his message was uh, men it was to us men he spoke with this photo don't treat your ladies like Barbie dolls they're much more than that mm-hmm. so 
we always held a mirror in front of us men. And uh, I think that's very important. Again, Nadja Auermann in a wheelchair um, and with crutches. Mm -hmm. uh, why? Why? It was provocative, of course, but he wanted, and that's his black humor, actually. He <laughs> wanted to tell us about the difficulty of women walking in high heels. <laughs> actually, they can't walk. You have to wheel them um, um, or you need crutches. Mm -hmm. He was very provocative in what he did. Mm -hmm. oh, no question about it. Tell, I, I love the story um, Grace Jones talks about. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's it's a sort of an interesting how they how they finally how she finally became one of his um, models, and um, but th it didn't happen right away for her. No, not at all. And Helmut, of course, he was uh, absolutely fascinated uh, by Grace Jones' face in the early eighties when she really. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit earlier. She wasn't the star we know today. Um, and he invited her to so-called go sees where model present models present themselves, and she went and. Um, um, Helmut talked to her and um, then he said, oh, very nice, but unfortunately your breasts are too small. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take pictures with you. Your breasts are too small. And Grace thought he will never call again. And she was very disappointed because, of course, she was excited before and now she was disappointed. But Helmut kept calling her and one uh, second time, a third time, and she went and every time he said, oh, Grace, I forgot you have so small breasts. <laughs> <laughs> But finally, finally, they did this famous shoot uh, with Grace Jones at Dolph Lundgren. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, uh, Grace was in a James Bond movie and they had become a famous couple in Hollywood. And then for Playboy, uh, Helmut finally photographed with her. But before, it took quite some time because Grace's breasts were too small. <laughs> it's so amazing that he kept calling her back and calling her back. And he then calling her back and he always forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and finally you realize I've got to photograph her. I mean, she, yeah. and she's still stunning. I mean, absolutely stunning. Tell us a little bit about the story of Anna Wintour. She's in this documentary quite a bit, but the first meeting that she was supposed to have with Helmut in California. Can you share that story? Absolutely. Um, she, at the time, she was in London with British Vogue and um, a shooting with Helmut Newton was scheduled. And of course, she was very excited to work with the great Helmut Newton and she was so excited uh, that she cancelled. She sent her assistant and she said <laughs> she was sick and she couldn't go because she was scared. And uh, then, of, I mean, of course, later they became uh, uh, real friends and worked together so much. But in the first place, Anna Wintour just couldn't go. She was scared by Helmut Newton. Isn't that amazing? Because I think so many people are afraid of Anna Wintour. So <laughs> to, to, to hear that she was afraid of Helmut. So I never understood why. I never understood Jan why people are so scared by Anna Wintour. She has a wonderful sense of humor. She's she's a great lady, and I never understood that. She's just very straightforward and well. knows what she wants. And um, if you know that, the communication with her is very easy. I didn't have any difficulty. She was lovely. Yeah, well, I think because she's such a giant in the industry that people have, you know, a natural, you know, uh, 
she has an aura around her. So where can people see this wonderful documentary, Helmut Newton, The Bad and the Beautiful, Gero? Since the cinemas in the United States, opposed to Europe, are still closed, you can uh, download it. Um, it's streamed by www.kinolorber.com. Dot com, Kino, L-O-R-B-E-R dot com, or Kino Marquee, M-A-R-Q-U-E dot com. Thank you. Thank you, Kira. It's been such an honor to have you on the show, and I wish you much success with this film. And it's, it's just a wonderful movie, and I highly recommend everybody seek it out. It was an honor for me, Jen, to be on your show, which I love. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care and stay safe. Yes, you too. You too. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows, you can listen to them whenever, wherever at thejampriceshow.com or on the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And like the Jam Price Show on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.